Hey everybody, I am Austin Ward. This is Jeremy Birmingham and we are still here at Beaver Stadium. It's been, it's, I guess it's Sunday now, but it was a loud Saturday night, even without fans for a whiteout as Ohio State came in to Happy Valley, left with a 38-25 win that uh, Berm, as we break it down here on Rapid Reaction, brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, it felt like it was about as dominant as Ohio State could have played and also the smallest margin of victory they probably could have left with. It's one of those things where as a, if you're a coach, you look at this and you go, well, that sucked, that sucked, that sucked. <laughs> this was pretty good. We played a really good team on the road in a tough environment, even without fans, and left with a 13-point win with a lot of things to improve on. And you don't, you know, it kind of felt like to me was uh, the Michigan game in 2018 when Michigan kept scoring points like the entire second half, but the Buckeyes could, did whatever they wanted on offense. And so it was all of a sudden 62 to 39, and you're like, who cares? We yeah. can and the, there was never a moment where it felt like Ohio State was in jeopardy. But at the same time, if you objectively look at it, you could go, well, that actually kind of wasn't great in the second half. And it feels a lot like the way we talked about the season opener where they absolutely throttled Nebraska. And yeah. any team in America would take that score. And any team that comes to play, this is still a very talented Penn State team. They're 0-2 right now. They're basically out of the Big Ten race. This is the second most talented team in the Big Ten, at least on paper. Uh, and they gave the Buckeyes a physical test. Uh, but the point that you're making there, if you look defensively, and the 25 on the board will irritate Ohio State. Six of them were handed by the officials. You take those off the board. Uh, you look at the first half. Basically, that should have been a shutout. And that was one of the best halves I think the Silver Bullets have played in a long, long time. I don't know how to make the rankings, but we go down the list with Jonathan Cooper playing one of the best games of his career. Tommy Togiai was involved uh, in three sacks. Tough Borland uh, telling everybody, definitively why he's out on the field tonight. If you, if you don't understand it after the way he played at Penn State, I don't I don't think that you want to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, the secondary gave up some plays there in the second half and it got close, and that was probably bound to happen. But uh, I think you look at this game for what Kerry Combs was doing, what a really aggressive mindset. That defense played very well, and it allowed Ohio State to take control of the game. They were never seriously threatened. Yeah, the defensive line, I mean, after a week ago against Nebraska, where there was some people at that game ended, I think had some question marks about both lines for Ohio State, the interior of the defensive line and the and the offensive line that struggled to run the ball uh, against the Cornhuskers. Buckeyes ran for over 200 yards, 62 of that's on Garrett Wilson's first run of the game. But they, between Trey Sermon and Master Teague, they averaged 4.6 yards a carry. Master Teague looked like a totally different back today, running extremely decisively. And I thought that that was a difference maker early for Ohio State. But ultimately, what we're going to see out of these Buckeyes is as they get better, this is, again, week two of the season, and it feels weird because they're playing Penn State and all the weight and all the buildup to get here. But the difference between Ohio State and everybody else is number one. I mean, <laughs> Justin Fields is so much better than anybody he's playing against right now that it it's almost unfair when you watch it. And, I mean, today, I, I'm watching from the press box, the first game of, that I've been in the press box since 2012, he just looks like he's moving in slow motion. And it's it's weird because he's so good that he never looks panicked. But at the same time, like things happen. You're like, wow, Justin, get rid of that ball a little faster. But then he gets hit while he throws it and it goes for 40 yards. And it's like, I, it's, it's pretty remarkable the level he's playing at. And I never thought in my life, after watching what Dwayne Haskins did in the 2018 season, that I would see a better season or a better quarterback at Ohio State. And Justin Fields is reset that bar oh what is it now he's he's gone through two games you know one after a long layoff in a season opener 
and goes to, you know one incompletion that hits a Chris Olave in the hands. It's a tough catch, but and then six incompletions on the road against a Penn State team that was blitzing him as much as it, it possibly could. You know, seven incompletions in two games. The four touchdowns tonight. Two to Chris Olave, who comes back from that big hit. Two, you know, to Jeremy Ruckert. Um, and, and it's like, it's what you he's still getting better. And, you know, there's a couple times where we've talked about him holding on to the football too long, but he does that because he knows he can convert. And you don't want to do it as often against a team with as many defensive players and weapons as Penn State has, or if we're going to project it forward, if you're playing a Clemson or Alabama, that, that might get magnified, but you're not at that point. And through two weeks, I, I don't know what more you could ask for this offense. They didn't finish off some drives that they'd want to have back. But when I say all this stuff where you talk about corrections, I do think it's worth making that point over and over. Penn State is probably the best 0-2 team in America. It's never going to be easy to, to come in here and get a win and to get one by 13 where really it was never a one-score game after yeah. the first quarter. Like, I don't know what you what, – you can't ask for more than that. The view from 10,000 feet tells you that Penn State is definitely the second-best team in the Big Ten, but the gap between one and two and, and two and everyone else is pretty large. I just don't think that um, it, it's – it's feasible to, to, to think that the Buckeyes are going to lose a game this year. And I, I think that this game happens tonight at the right time because now you look at November, it's a month that should provide Ohio State a lot of opportunities to play some depth, a lot of opportunity to fix these little issues, an opportunity to get healthy because tonight we have the Blake Hobbill situation. We have Cameron Brown going out. That one's going to be a, that one looked like it was probably going to be a pretty serious injury. And so now you have an opportunity for the young depth to figure out how you fill in these roles. Um, and I, you know, I think that, like I said, at the start of this, as a coach, you want to win, but you want to win comfortably, but you still want to know that there's things you can work on. And tonight there was a lot of coachable moments, especially in the secondary in the second half. And some of that kudos to Jahan Dotson from Penn State, who made two, wow. yeah. two of the best catches you're ever going to see. Right back to back. Um, and then some of it's just about aggression. And I think that for Sean Wade, it's a lesson. I mean, today's a lesson learned. You cannot take anything for granted when you're playing against good athletes and, and Penn State fought back and kudos to James Franklin's team because they could have quit uh, and, and didn't. That's really going to frustrate Sean Wade. I, this is a game that also provides a lot of storylines for Ohio State moving forward. Sean Wade, you know, he's still trying to become that premier outside corner and boost his draft stock tonight uh, is not going to be one that he remembers fondly. Um, some of that, again, you chalk up to Penn State, but that's one. You you look at Ohio State, you touched on the rushing attack. I still think there are times where the explosiveness is not where Ohio State wants it uh, with Master Teague and Trey Sermon. Master Teague, though, I do, you have to give credit where it's due. He ran very hard. Uh, we kind of joked about you know him being a cruise ship or an 18-wheeler when he got that long run. It's like, he's not going to turn very quickly. Uh, slow slow runner there. You have you know dealing with the uncertainty of of testing protocol with Justin Hilliard, um, you know, with a, what is, appears to be a false positive, our understanding, uh, we still don't have a, a firm grasp on this. Ohio State doesn't reveal specifics about the way the testing works. We're trying to get a better feel for this, but the way it appears to have worked is that a positive rapid test followed by another that was negative left it inconclusive and that Ohio State might not have been able to get, you know, the, the PCR test in time that would confirm a false positive so he had to miss the game, but Ohio State felt comfortable letting him be on the sideline around the team and travel. That's another thing as you dive into the next week and the coming weeks uh, with Big Ten cancellations. How do you manage all this? I could go down the list, but this the is The inevitability like, <laughs> of it is there. I mean, you're, this is going to happen every week. Penn State had players against Indiana that didn't play because of false positives. And 
And you just have to understand that in this era, this year is going to have these sort of weird hiccups. And, you know, it sucks for Justin Hilliard, who was looking forward to getting back to the playing field and, and uh, you know, after missing a week ago. And um, But, you know, for Ohio State, like I said, it's a building block. It's a big resume builder for the season. You don't know how many games you're going to get. You do know that you need to win them all. And beating a good Penn State team, regardless of that 0-2 record, they lost last week in obviously a fluke capacity. Um, this is just one of those things where you just keep getting better. Now you turn your focus to Rutgers, who's playing better under Greg Schiano. But next Saturday night in Ohio Stadium should be an opportunity, like I said, for the young Buckeyes to get some run uh, and, and an opportunity to just get healthy. That matchup, and especially the way Ryan Day was dialing up plays tonight, you know, the wrinkle early on with Garrett Wilson, jet sweep, I feel like I've been talking about that for a year when you go under center and even with the ghost motion. I, that opens up a lot of other things for Ohio State and Justin Fields, and obviously Garrett Wilson, you know what he can do in the open field. But the way he's dialing up the right play at the right time, getting innovative looks, the fourth down calls that really put the game away on that impressive drive where he joked that he needed a drink uh, when it was over, stressful, but you know, throwing twice on fourth down. Him matching wits against Greg Schiano, that is whew. Yeah, I mean, tonight, I mean, you could tell the Buckeyes knew that Penn State was going to be physical. They ran a lot of 12 personnel. They ran a lot of two tights. You didn't see much uh, playing time for any receivers beyond Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. They kept in the two tight ends. You saw Jake Hausman even get in there when, when Luke Farrell went out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was clear that they wanted to, A, have Max protect for Justin Fields, B, get an opportunity to just outmuscle Penn State to real I think kind of reestablish their offensive line and get that confidence back after a week one that maybe wasn't up to their standards. All right, two weeks, two wins for Ohio State. They're 2-0. and This is the one that they'd circled for a long time. Uh, they know how talented Penn State is. They know how difficult it is to win here on the road. Uh, it was loud here. Uh, I'm going to guess that they broke the uh, 90 decibel mark. Um, not sure that any inquisition needs to be made. Didn't change anything. Uh, but the press box was rattling a little bit. It was like there were fans here. I'm just making an observation since Letterman Row uh, made the trip out here That's just to experience we're it. We're, we're, we're rapidly <laughs> reacting to everything. And uh, it did feel a little louder than Ohio Stadium last week. And I don't know if it's because this uh, bowl is made of tin. <laughs> uh, it definitely felt a little different uh, than the game last week. It must it must have been uh, the night game. Maybe Ohio Stadium would be louder for the night game. Next week. <laughs> it just kind of makes me wonder about that uh, when they're, the real whiteout, if they're maybe you know just aided somehow by the acoustics of this this yeah. fine uh, piece of aluminum. Anyway, it's thirty eight twenty five. Ohio State two and zero. We're going to get ready for Rutgers. We're going to head into November. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to unpack at Letterman Row about this win uh, when Jeremy Birmingham and Austin Ward myself get back. Uh, to Ohio after this road trip for the Buckeyes. Thank you for joining us on Rapid Reaction, brought to you by Byers Auto. Uh, We will see you at Letterman Row for more coverage of this latest win for the Buckeyes. Bye-bye.